1: Welcome to the NTEB Prophecy News Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Jeffrey Grider, Rightly divided, dispensationally correct, and standing on the authority of the King James Holy Bible. This program is brought to you by NowTheEndBegins.com.
3: And good afternoon, happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Prophecy News Podcast. Today, we are celebrating, in a manner of speaking, The three-year anniversary of 15 days to flatten the curve. And what do we find? We find that the end times action is literally off the charts. Three years ago this week, on March 16th of 2020, President Trump stood side by side with Anthony Fauci and they announced that America would be locking down in order to stem the tide of the SARS-CoV-2 coronavirus that had just been intentionally released, we didn't know it at the time, from the Wuhan lab in China. They called it 15 days to flatten the curve or 15 days to stop the spread. Today is day 1092, and today in the podcast, we celebrate the clever antics of the New World Order, who is still continuing the advance work of the soon-coming seven-year kingdom of Antichrist. Today's program brought to you by Pfizer. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8, And then shall that wicked Antichrist be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. On this episode of the Prophecy News Podcast, for the past 1092 days, we have been exposing the deeds of darkness as the New World Order continues its slithering slide forward into the abyss. I'm sure it's just a wild coincidence, but right now there appears to be a major banking collapse in the making, as I'm sure you have already been reading the headlines all weekend long. What started in Silicon Valley is now spreading around the world. Well, that's perfect timing for a New World Order celebration, wouldn't you say? I would, and I am. We have always said that we will end the countdown when the shenanigans stop. But guess what? It's day 1092 of 15 days to flatten the curve, and they absolutely have not stopped. And in fact, they are reaching new heights. Join us as we yet again show you the advancement of the new world order in these last days before the pre-tribulation rapture of the church. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you, God, for waking us up today. Uh, We thank you, Lord, for all these that you've gathered here. And, uh, Lord, we thank you so much for a, um, a Sunday service yesterday where Amber, Uh, she received the gospel live on air and uh, she trusted you as savior and uh, we're so glad and grateful that she got saved she prayed to get saved that patricia in uh, ireland on friday she prayed to get saved and uh, god we thank you for the increase and we ask you to be with Amber and Patricia, and lead them and guide them. Um, we pray for Anetta who needs a complete healing in order to be able to walk again after a stroke. Robert Wiley is battling ALS disease, and we're praying for him and his wife, Lisa. Uh, Elena Blackburn, Kelsey Emerson, Aaron Riddle, and Gary Tatterson's daughter, Kayla, are all expecting to give birth um, sometime in the coming months, and we're praying for a healthy delivery and um, protection for mom and protection for dad. Uh, Jeanette's cousin, Andrew, recently had a stroke, and we're praying for him. Rob Beatty is battling colon cancer. We're praying for him. Mark Saxa would like prayers for his son, Joseph, to return to the Lord. Clayton Perry, uh, he's been battling for the last three years. He's been battling cancer and um, the debilitating side effects of chemotherapy. Uh, please keep Clayton Perry in your prayers. Craig Arford and uh, Harmon's son, Michael, battling pancreatic cancer. Tracy Riddle is uh, dealing with metastatic breast cancer. Jill Puckett asking for prayer because she's going blind. Uh, Matt needs to be saved. Uh, Sarah Shine and her family, Nicole, Sherry, and Scott, were praying for them carol jane is in the hospital and she needs our prayer Uh, cj's mom needs to get saved maddie luck is battling with the luli body dementia and uh, she says this my daughter and i listen to your programs we are saved keep up the good work the lord is coming soon we'll meet you in the rapture and uh, that's a great attitude so please keep maddie luck in your prayers uh for luli body dementia aunt nancy says please continue to pray for brandon and michelle to get saved um amanda has an unspoken prayer as does the la piana family Jeanette, um it's been partially answered marie c adrian p Breda and his wife chris hart has a time sensitive unspoken prayer that has been partially answered regina has an unspoken prayer. Uh, Praise report, baby Ezekiel, uh, Stephen Wilder reached out to me and said his um, grandson, baby Ezekiel, who was born premature, is up to almost six pounds and will be going home from the hospital very, very soon. Uh, Please remember Charlton's wife, Debbie. She's going to have eye surgery one week from today. Kevin Thompson needs prayer for... Finances, lawsuit, career change, and gospel track success. Jill is going to have heart valve replacement surgery. And please keep Jill up in New Jersey in your prayers. Uh, Rebecca Lynn, um, a very dear friend, Joel Smith, is unsaved and just had a stroke, praying for healing and for salvation. Yasmina, please pray for my daughter's godfather. He's in the hospital with lung cancer. Angela's mom needs healing and salvation. Uh, Marcy Long, Dina's mom, uh, is waiting her report from uh, after having chemotherapy with colon cancer. And we're praying for a good report. Deborah Shular health issues after getting a parasite. And she said that she's going to um, try natural healing. She showed me uh, her prescription cost. They wanted to charge her $1,236 for a prescription cost. And she said, no, thanks. I will try it naturally. So please pray for her. Leslie needs prayer after some recent financial reversals. And please pray that the Lord will order and reorder that situation for Leslie. Um. Pat Burns, he had a prostate test last Friday. I can't remember if he gave the result of that, um, uh, but we are praying for a good report. Uh, Dan's mom in Norway, her name is Ellen, uh, very bad arthritis. Please keep Ellen in your prayers. Um, uh, Rachel in New York, Dan's girlfriend, has an in-person job interview today. March 13th, please pray that it all goes well. Um, Dr. Shirley says, please pray for me, indigestion and other health issues. Amen. Um, Kyle Gorzel, please pray for Uncle David. And uh, the chemotherapy is not working. Uh, Marie Comfort wants us to pray for the pastor at her church. uh, Pastor Bert, who had a heart attack. Um, and we are happy to put Pastor Bert on the prayer list. Uh, Scott and Debbie Lyman, please pray that the Lord will move us to Florida. Uh, Carol from Georgia says, please keep Uncle Marion on the prayer list. He needs a physical healing. Uh, Julie Baird is battling COVID. Please remember Julie Baird in your prayers. And let me see what is in the chat room today. Uh, Marie Comfort, uh, please pray for my daughter, Gail. And, uh, we, we have been praying for Gail. I saw her at the bookstore today, had a big smile on her face and she is, uh, pushing through. She has a pulled muscle, uh, not really sure what it is, but, uh, it, uh, it hurts and it's hard to walk. And we are praying fervently for a full healing for Gail Comfort. Um, Veronica Higginbotham. They continued my son's court last Monday, and it goes till April third. Um, so please keep Veronica's son David and his court situation in your prayers. Um, he is uh, uh, he needs to get accepted into a um, sober living home, and uh, remember David in your prayers. Rob says, please pray for my eighty year old Aunt Gail, witness to her for the last three years. She is somewhat receptive, but not there yet. Catherine B. Please keep praying for my son's my son's friend Ben has lung cancer, he's saved. Debbie says, please pray for my daughter Caitlin to get saved. And um also remember Trisha as she's going through um Stem cell therapy for her hip situation. And Mike Hensel's mom is dealing with lung cancer. Heavenly Father, for all these prayers and for the unspoken prayers of our hearts, we thank you. We praise you. We commit this time to you. We thank you, Lord, for the souls that were saved last week. Uh, And Father God, we just uh, continue to turn to you and towards you. And ask you to uh, hear all these prayers today and answer for for your glory, for our good. And we commit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, Welcome. (laughs) Welcome to day 1092 of 15 Days to Flatten the Curve. Let's take a little trip down memory lane and let's see just how far we've come.
4: We're taking things that are, you know, genetically modified organisms and we're injecting them in little kids' arms. We just shoot them right into the vein.
1: Delta Dom, what's that flower you have on? Could it be a faded rose from days gone by? And did I hear you say He was meeting you here today To take you to his mansion in the sky Curfew is now in effect All unauthorized citizens must stay indoors in
0: no Tensions rise as we enter the 213th week of
5: lockdown A grim new reality emerges COVID-23
0: has mutated Beginning thermal scan Scan normal. A horrifying new development new today. New
6: confirms the virus attacks the brain tissue. The the hey. Whoa,
1: whoa, 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 I'm immune! I'm immune! Delta Dawn, what's that flower you have on? Could it be a faded rose from days gone by? And did I hear you say he was a mean man?
7: take you to his mansion in the sky When i think about my dad growing up i certainly think about that seriousness but very few people get to see he's funny, weird, and really playful
4: God help us 1981, HIV-AIDS was evolving rapidly and frighteningly. There was anger at the government's response.
8: When you got sick, you were gone fast. It's affecting you now. Yeah.
2: Why?
4: Post-traumatic stress syndrome.
9: When COVID hit, he became
2: this target.
7: My dad said, we're going to get through this whole thing. And he's held back.
2: You don't do it because you want to make money. You don't do it for the glory. You do it because you care.
4: When you're involved in a race to stop a horrible disease, you always feel you're not doing things quickly enough. the
1: dawn, what's that flower you have wrong? Could it be a faded rose from days gone by? And did I hear you say he was a To his mansion in the sky They're making our food out of people Next thing they'll be breeding us like cattle For food You gotta tell them You gotta tell them I
2: Promise, Tiger, I promise I'll tell the exchange
1: You tell everybody Listen to me, Hatcher You gotta tell them Silent breed is people We gotta stop them somehow Till don't watch that flash. Some days gone by and did I hear you say he was meeting you here today to take you to his mansion in the sky
10: This is an historic moment. We have in this past year made great progress in ending the long era of conflict and Cold War.
6: Stay safe, sane, and sanitized.
3: So there's just a little trip down memory lane to remind you, uh, you know, all this stuff has been going on for 1,092 days. And uh, there's a tendency, after a while, you forget a lot of the highlights and lowlights of things that have been taking place and going on. So uh, we're more than happy to remind you of all these end times, new world order, last days events that are literally uh, unfolding as we watch. So this week, this was the week where the whole world went crazy. This was the week three years ago when Donald Trump stood up with Anthony Fauci by his side and declared that the United States of America was locked down for 15 days. Um, and depending on which version of this that you listen to, it's 15 days to slow the spread, 15 days to stop the spread or my favorite 15 days to flatten the curve. Take a listen to Donald Trump talking about locking Everybody down.
2: Thank you. So I'm glad to see that you're practicing social distancing. That looks very nice. That's very good. Uh, I want to thank everybody for being here today this morning i spoke with the leaders of the g7 g7 nations and they uh, uh, really had a good meeting i think it was a very very productive meeting i also spoke with our nation's governors and this afternoon we're announcing new guidelines for every american to follow over the next 15 days as we combat the virus each and every one of us has a critical role to play.
3: And so there you have Donald Trump talking about the 15 days and, um, as near as I can figure those 15 days formally kicked off on Monday, March 16th of 2020. So, um, March 16th is Thursday, but today is Monday and this week it is, um, the three year anniversary from the time where America went on lockdown. Now, they told us that it was only going to be for 15 days. And they told us that it was only, we had to flatten the curve. We had to slow the spread. We had to stop the spread. Um, but none of those things turned out to be true. Uh, they told us that we had to socially distance. Um, you had to be six feet apart from people on either side of you, that's one six. You had to be six feet apart from people behind you, that's the second six. And you had to be six feet apart from people in front of you. Um, You put that together and what do you get? You get six, six, six. Um, And so over the course of the last 1,092 days, we began to understand that so much of what they told us was not true. It was absolutely a lie. And uh, it was a lie because they needed to implement an agenda. And so why would we be bothering to have this, this countdown? And as far as I know, We're the only group of people out there who have maintained this type of countdown for as long as we have been doing it. Now, why would we do that? Well, because all these things are connected to the end times. Now, you read the Bible, you go out and you watch these uh, Christian prophecy movies and all these other things that are going on. But you know what? You never stop to think, well, what is that going to look like when it actually starts happening? Now, unfortunately, we live in a world that is highly, highly influenced by the media, by movies, by Hollywood, by social media, by TikTok and YouTube videos. And that is where in our minds, when we think about things, that is where um, we get our understanding from. But that's not where we should be getting our understanding from. Um, turn to Second Timothy, and let's have a little Bible today. Uh, and I say that with a smile on my face because we have a little Bible on every program that we do. We have a lot of Bible. Second um, Timothy chapter 3. Bill Grady wrote an excellent book called Perilous Times, and he's going to be one of the featured preachers on our um, camp meeting weekend in May. Uh, so if you're signed up for the camp meeting, you're going to get to hear uh, End Times author Bill Grady preach to you about perilous times. But where did Bill Grady get that idea from? He got it from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness... But denying the power thereof, and Paul says, "From such turn away." And then if you go to the next chapter, chapter four, Paul says, in Second Timothy 4:2, "Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, with all long-suffering and doctrine for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and they shall be and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables charles haddon spurgeon 125 years ago said that he could see the day coming where instead of having shepherds feeding the sheep That the church would be nothing more than clowns feeding the goats. And that's exactly what we see. But that's exactly in line with what Paul said, with what John said, the falling away. Second Thessalonians chapter two talks about a falling away from Bible doctrine. Now you put all these things together and then you begin to see clearly. How God looks at things in the last days. This is how you sort through all the stuff that sounds good, but it's not true. Stuff that sounds not true, but it actually is true. How is it possible to sort through all these things? Well, it's just my opinion, but I don't think you can do it if you don't have a King James Bible. You know what it says in the book of Habakkuk? Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 5, Behold ye among the heathen, and regard and wonder marvelously, for I will work a work in your days, which ye will not believe, though it be told you. Habakkuk is saying that the day is going to come where it is going to take place in front of your face, and you're not going to be able to recognize it. Now, how is it possible that saved people are not able to recognize the signs of the end times? Don't they have the Holy Spirit living inside them? They absolutely do. But as we pointed out yesterday on our Sunday service, turn to Acts chapter 28. Turn to Acts chapter 28 in your King James Bibles. You know what the Apostle Paul said to the Jews... That rejected his preaching, that rejected the truth of Paul's gospel. Uh, in Acts 28, starting in verse 24 And some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. And when they agreed not among themselves, they departed after that Paul had spoken one word. Well spake the Holy Ghost by Esaias the prophet unto our fathers saying, Go unto this people, and say, Hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and not perceive. Why? For the heart of this people is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Now, that is what's happening in the end times today. The church, lukewarm, sound asleep, has no idea what's going on. Absolutely no idea. Um, Take a listen to this clip from the Oscars yesterday. It may sound like a funny clip. It's only a minute long. But take a listen to Hugh Grant. He was not impressed with the Oscars. And the woman that was interviewing him was trying very, very hard to get him to say some things, um, that would help to promote the Oscars. But Hugh Grant, I don't know, maybe he was just in a bad mood. Uh, maybe he had personal problems. Maybe he just didn't want to be there. Um, but I want you to listen to what Hugh Grant, um, said about the Oscars last night. And I'm gonna, when he's done saying it i'm going to show you how interesting his comment was take a listen to hugh grant oscars 2023
5: hugh grant you are a veteran of the oscars and you've been here a few times yeah. what's your favorite thing about coming to the oscars um well uh,
11: <laughs> it's fascinating it's a, it's a, uh, the whole of humanity is here it's uh it's vanity fair
5: Oh, it's all about Vanity yeah. Fair. Yes, that's where we let loose and have a little bit of fun. Um, what are you most excited to see tonight? To see? Yeah, well, I know that you probably watched a few of the movies. Are you excited to see anybody win? Do you have your hopes up for anyone?
11: Um, not, not no, no one in particular.
5: Okay, well.
3: So, did you catch what Hugh Grant had to say? Um, I'm going to play it one more time.
5: Hugh Grant, you are veteran of the oscars and you've been here a few times yeah. what's your favorite thing about coming to the oscars
11: um well uh, <laughs> it's fascinating it's uh, it's uh, the whole of humanity is here it's uh, it's vanity fair
5: oh it's all about vanity yeah. fair yes
3: so you just heard Hugh Grant saying um that he was not happy with the oscars And he said, the whole of humanity is here, and it's Vanity Fair. And the woman who was interviewing him said, oh, yes, that's right. It's all about Vanity Fair. Well, let me just read a couple of sentences from the Cliff Notes version of John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress. Emerging from the wilderness, Christian and faithful see before them a town they must enter because the holy way passes through it. It is an ancient town named Vanity Fair, where all year round such merchandise is bought and sold as houses, lands, trades, places, honors, preferments, titles, countries, kingdoms, lusts, pleasures, and delights of all sorts as whores and bawds and wives and husbands, children, masters, servants, lives, blood, bodies, souls, silver, gold, pearls, precious stones, and what not. At all times, one can see the juggling cheats, games, plays, fools, apes, knaves, rogues, and that of all sorts, as well as, and that for nothing, thefts, murders, adulteries, false swearers, and that of a blood-red color. Now, John Bunyan wrote that book almost 500 years ago. He wrote it in the 1500s. And when you read The Pilgrim's Progress, and if you've never read that book, I urge you to go to BibleBeliever.com, and that's the, that's the bookstore for our website. That's our ministry bookstore. Just go to BibleBeliever.com and get yourself a copy, a beautifully bound copy, no less, of The Pilgrim's Progress. And John Bunyan nailed it. He absolutely nailed it right on the head when he's talking about Vanity Fair. Now, maybe you've never read The Pilgrim's Progress, and all you know is, is that there's a magazine called Vanity Fair and have you ever read the magazine Vanity Fair well if you've ever read Vanity Fair you would know that it is an illustrated picture of the things that John Bunyan talked about nearly half a century uh I'm sorry um half a millennia ago so I was listening to that clip this morning of Hugh Grant with this. Um, he kind of has this look on his face uh, like my cat Judah will get. This perpetually displeased look. And that's exactly what Hugh Grant looked like. So I thought, okay, this ought to be good. Let's see what he's not happy about. But when Hugh Grant said, and I'll play it one more time because I, it's really very important.
5: Hugh Grant. You are a veteran of the Oscars, and you've been here a few times. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about coming to the Oscars?
11: Um, well, uh, <laughs> it's fascinating. It's a, uh, it's, uh, the whole of humanity is here. It's, uh, <laughs> it's Vanity Fair.
5: Oh, it's all about Vanity yeah. Fair. Yes, that's where we let loose and have a little bit of fun. Um, what are you most excited to see tonight? to see yeah well I know that you probably watched a few of the movies are you excited to see anybody win do you have your hopes up for anyone
11: um not, not no, no one in particular
5: okay well what are you wearing tonight then
11: uh, just my suit your suit who yeah. made
5: your suit you didn't make it
11: um I can't remember my tailor
5: that's okay yeah. Ta- shout out to the tailor yeah Um, So tell me, what does it feel like to be in Glass Onion? It was such an amazing film. I really loved it. I love a thriller. How fun is it to shoot something like that?
11: Well, I'm barely in it. I'm in it for about three seconds.
5: Yeah, but still, you showed up and you had fun, right? Uh, Almost. Okay. All right. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you so much. It was nice to talk to you. Yeah.
3: So there you have Hugh Grant, and he is just not playing along. He's not happy. He doesn't want to be there. Um, <clears throat> and Hugh Grant, he nailed it right on the head. He said that uh, the Oscars is nothing more than Vanity Fair. It makes me wonder if he's read that book by John Bunyan, uh, because John Bunyan if you were listening when I read that description to you, uh, that was a really, really hardcore indictment um, of our global society here in the 21st century. Um, so it just makes me wonder if old Hugh Grant has read <coughs> The Pilgrim's Progress and I uh, one more shout out to the bookstore. Uh, go to BibleBeliever.com and get yourself a copy of The Pilgrim's Progress and read it for yourself and see what it's all about at Vanity Fair. So, uh, continuing with our celebration today. Today, if you're just tuning in, today is day 1092 of 15 days to flatten the curve. And, um, what do we see happening? Well, Joe Biden says the $52 billion banking collapse that has now spread to Europe is no problem.
2: Before I uh, leave for California, I want to briefly speak about what's happening in Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. Today, thanks to the quick action of my administration over the past few days, Americans can have confidence that the banking system is safe. Your deposits will be there when you need them. Small businesses across the country the deposit accounts at these banks can breathe easier, knowing they'll be able to pay their workers and pay their bills. And their hardworking employees can breathe easier as well. Last week, when we learned of the problems of the banks and the impact they could have on jobs of small businesses and banking systems overall, I instructed my team to act quickly to protect these interests. They've done that. They've done that. On Friday, the government regulator in charge, the FDIC, took control of Silicon Valley Bank's assets. And over the weekend, it took control of Signature Bank's assets. Treasury Secretary Yellen and a team of banking regulators have taken action, immediate action. And here are the highlights. First, all customers who had deposits in these banks can rest assured, I want to rest assured, they'll be protected and they'll have access to their money as of today. That includes small businesses across the country that bank there and need to make payroll, pay their bills and stay open for business. No losses. Will be, and I this is an important point. No losses will be borne by the taxpayers. Let me repeat that. No losses will be borne by the taxpayers. Instead, the money will come from the fees that banks pay into the deposit insurance fund because of the actions of that because of.
3: Now, do you believe what Joe Biden just said? Do you believe that there's no problem and all these crazy headlines written in bold red ink that we've been reading for the last 72 hours? Do you really believe that there's no problem at all? There's nothing wrong? Well, take a listen to this clip from a group up in Canada now. Maybe you don't live in Canada, but they are going through some huge upheaval right now. And take a listen to this group up in Canada who is warning you to do not take what the government tells you without being skeptical and critical and looking to see if what they're actually telling you is true.
12: But it is not the goal that renders a system oppressive. It is always the methods by which the goal is pursued. Whenever a government claims to have the people's interest at heart, you need to think again. In the entire history of mankind, there has never been a political elite sincerely concerned about the well being of regular people. What makes any of us think that it is different now? If the Age of Enlightenment has brought forth anything, then certainly this. Never take anything any government tells you at face value. Always question everything any government does or does not do. Always look for ulterior motives and always ask, cui bono, who benefits? Whenever a political elite pushes an agenda this hard and resorts to extortion and manipulation to get their way, you can almost always be sure your benefit is definitely not what they had at heart. As far as I'm concerned, I will not be vaccinated with anything that has not been properly vetted and tested and has shown no sound scientific evidence that the benefits outweigh the disease itself and possible long-term side effects, which to this day, we don't know anything about. I will not be reduced to a mere guinea pig by getting vaccinated with an experimental drug. And I will most assuredly not get vaccinated because my government tells me to and promises in return I will be granted freedom. Let's be clear about one thing. No one grants me freedom, for I am a free person. So I dare the European Commission and the German government throw me in jail, lock me up, and throw away the key for all I care. But you will never be able to coerce me into being vaccinated if I, the free citizen that I am, choose not to be vaccinated.
3: And there you have, um, I wasn't able to get the woman's name, but that's a um, a media watchdog group up in Canada. And uh, everything that she just said uh, is the truth. And, uh, you know, there was a time, believe it or not, <laughs> believe it or not, there was a time in America uh, where the media actually questioned the government. And you see, that's what media is supposed to do. Um, the media is supposed to question the government They're supposed to look at, um, they're not supposed to just simply take everything at face value. What they're supposed to do, uh, they're supposed to question everything. And they're supposed to see if they can see where there's a problem in something. And um, they don't do that anymore. Now the media is just simply performing... um, uh, a lockstep dance with the with with the democrats in power they obviously they didn't do that with trump when trump was president um they they absolutely uh were against him and uh you know the phony russian collusion and all that stuff uh but there there was a time, there was a time when the media actually did their job. That day is not today. The media is absolutely useless. They have become nothing more than an arm of the government. Uh, one of those people who is not an arm of the government, who has been causing huge uproars by releasing the truth about the January 6th, um, uh, uh, situation tucker carlson take a listen to what he has to say about the failure of um silicon valley bank
8: good evening and welcome to tucker carlson tonight we are starting to get a better a more precise sense of what it means when joe biden brags about the strongest and most equitable economic recovery in modern history what it means is it could be time to buy gold and stockpile food oh there's a deal on russian steel case I think I'll pick up a pallet. Just kidding, sort of. Yesterday, some of the biggest banks in this country, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, J.P. Morgan, Morgan Stanley, collectively lost more than $50 billion in market value in one day. That's quite a hit. On the other hand, those banks still exist, and you can't say that, for Silicon Valley Bank. As of this morning, Silicon Valley Bank, or SVB, has gone under completely. That makes the second biggest bank failure in the history of this country. And is significant SVB financed nearly half of all venture-backed healthcare care and technology companies in the United States. It also apparently held significant cash reserves for some of the biggest cryptocurrencies. And it's now gone. Federal regulators have renamed it and taken it over. And that means an awful lot of people lost an awful lot of money. And no, most of that money was not insured, no matter what they tell you. The FDIC only guarantees bank deposits up to $250,000. And according to some reports, more than 90% of all deposits at SVB exceeded that. And it's unclear whether those people will ever see their money again. In fact, when customers showed up at SVB's branch in Manhattan today to get their deposits back, managers called the police. So what we have here is a 1929-style bank run, and that's not a good sign for anyone. The question is whether the people who run SVB saw it coming. The CEO, a man called Greg Becker, apparently sold more than $2 million in bank stock over the last two weeks. According to the site Unusual Whale, several other high-level employees of SVB, including Chief Marketing Officer Michelle Draper, Chief Operations Officer Phil Cox, General Counsel Michael Zuckert, all sold significant amounts of stock in SVB this year. Did those employees know their bank was in trouble? We don't know. And once again, where were the regulators supposed to prevent this? Once again, we don't know. And the business press supposed to be telling ordinary people what's happening with business? Apparently nobody noticed anything.
3: So there you have Tucker talking about the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. And uh, he very correctly points out where were all the regulators where were all the watchdogs uh, where were all the things that were supposedly put in place since the last enormous collapse that we had back in 2008 to 2010 when Obama and Biden were running the country um, so it's very very hard to get the truth from the media they they're they are not interested in finding that truth They're not interested in looking for that truth, and they seem to be interested in preventing you from discovering that truth for yourself. But like I was saying earlier, it wasn't always like that in this country. Take a listen to Mike Wallace talking about how outrage over a government vaccine led to lawsuits and to the shutdown of the vaccine program. And it was the media that was driving it. Can you imagine that? The media working to stop forced vaccinations by the government? Well, take a listen to what Mike Wallace said years ago.
0: The flu season is upon us. Which type will we worry about this year? And what kind of shots will we be told to take? Remember the swine flu scare of 1976? That was the year the U.S. government told us all that swine flu could turn out to be a killer that could spread across the nation. And Washington decided that every man, woman, and child in the nation should get a shot to prevent a nationwide outbreak, a pandemic. Well, 46 million of us obediently took the shot. And now 4,000 Americans are claiming damages from Uncle Sam amounting to $3.5 billion dollars. ...because of what happened when they took that shot. By far the greatest number of the claims, two-thirds of them... ...are for neurological damage or even death, allegedly triggered by the flu shot. We pick up the story back in 1976 when the threat posed by the swine flu virus seemed very real indeed.
2: This virus was the cause of a pandemic in 1918 and 1919... ...that resulted in over half a million deaths in the United States... As well as 20 million deaths around the world. See how easy it is to.
0: Thus, the U.S. government's publicity machine was cranked into action to urge all America to protect itself against the swine flu menace. Influenza is serious business. During major flu epidemics, millions of people are sick and thousands die. Well, this year you can get protection. The vaccines are safe, easy to take, and they can protect you against flu. So roll up your sleeve protect yourself. One of those who did roll up her sleeve was Judy Roberts. She was perfectly healthy, an active woman, when in November of 1976, she took her shot. Two weeks later, she says, she began to feel a numbness starting up her legs.
12: I joked about it at that time. I said, I'll be numb to the knees by Friday if this keeps up. By the following week, I was totally paralyzed.
0: So completely paralyzed, in fact, that they had to operate on her to enable her to breathe. And for six months, Judy Roberts was a quadriplegic. The diagnosis? A neurological disorder called Guillain-Barre syndrome, GBS for short. These neurological diseases are little understood. They affect people in different ways.
3: My, 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 what a long way that we've come. And all of it down since mike wallace first gave that report for 60 minutes uh that was back in the day where the government tried to force you to take their injection and thousands of people suffered from it and they sued and they won and the government was forced to stop making people take those shots um it's not like that in 2023 Billions of people around the world were forced by their government to take those shots. And uh, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on that topic today. Just suffice to say that I I thought you might find it interesting that there was a day in America where the journalists and the reporters were actually skeptical and critical. They actually did some real fact-checking. And what did Mike Wallace find? He found that people suffered greatly when the United States government had forced vaccinations back in 1976. Um, But people don't remember history. People don't like to read books. I mean, it's one thing trying to get people to read the Bible, but just try and get people to read any book at all. People don't like to read And when you don't like to read and you don't know history, um, the future is going to take you by surprise. You know what the Bible says? Turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Solomon had it right when he said this in verse 9. The thing that hath been is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. Is there anything whereof it may be said, See, this is new? It hath been already of old time, which was before us. There is no remembrance of former things, neither shall there be any remembrance of things that are to come with those that shall come after. There you have the wisest man that ever lived, King Solomon, telling you that when you don't read... When you don't study, when you don't know the the history of something, well, when the future comes, it's going to catch you completely by surprise. Here's another clip from the Grammys last night. Uh, Daniel Kwan, he was one of the directors for a movie called Everything Anything All at Once or whatever that movie is. Um, I don't really go to the movies anymore. We went to see Top Gun last year, and that was fun. I enjoyed that um but outside of that, I haven't been to a movie theater in about four years um so uh last night, the big movie that won best picture was everything Anything all at once at one time um i don't I don't remember the title of the movie, but it was something like that uh and Daniel Kwan and Daniel. Sh- Scheinert. They were the directors of this movie. Take a listen to their acceptance speech last night at the Oscars.
7: And the Oscar goes to everything, everywhere, over, <laughs> once. Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert.
12: <laughs> Known collectively as the Daniels, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert met while studying at Emerson College in Boston. They began their career as music video directors.
9: Oh my God. Thank you, sir. Uh, our, our fellow nominees, you guys are our heroes. This is weird. Um, uh, this, we want to dedicate this to the mommies, all the mommies of the world, to our moms. Uh... Specifically, my mom and dad, Ken and Becky, thank you for not squashing my creativity when I was making really disturbing horror films or really perverted comedy films or dressing in drag as a kid, which is a threat to nobody. Uh, and, uh,
3: so there you heard a man by the name of Daniel Kwan, who was one of the directors on a movie called Everything Everywhere All at Once. And uh, he was thanking his parents for not squashing his creativity when he was making horror movies and perverted comedy movies while wearing drag. And then he went on to say that drag hurts nobody. And then you heard, um, the, I don't know how many people were there in that, the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion. I don't know, maybe a thousand people, two thousand people. I have no idea. Um, but you heard them applaud that. And this is what when Hugh Grant said he wasn't happy to be there. He said, this is nothing but vanity fair. Um, seriously. If you ever read The Pilgrim's Progress and you read the full description of what Vanity Fair is, um, that's exactly what the Oscars and the Grammys and Hollywood, that's what all of that represented. Um, I'm going to play this one more time.
7: And the Oscar goes to everything, <laughs> everywhere, everywhere, Daniel Klein and Daniel
1: shine.
12: Known collectively as the Daniels, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert met while studying at Emerson College in Boston. They began their career as music video directors.
9: Oh, my God. Thank you, sir. Uh, our fellow nominees, you guys are our heroes. This is weird. Um <laughs> Uh, this, we want to dedicate this to the mommies, all the mommies of the world, to our moms, uh, specifically my mom and dad, Ken and Becky. Thank you for not squashing my creativity when I was making really disturbing horror films or really perverted comedy films or dressing in drag as a kid, which is a threat to nobody.
3: Uh, well, and I'm sure this is just another one of those crazy coincidences Um, Four days ago, we published an article with the headline that reads, Pope Francis names pro-LGBTQ Jesuit Jean-Claude Hollerich to his C9 Council of Cardinals as he seeks to reboot the Catholic position on homosexuality. And one of the tremendous uproars that's taking place in the Catholic Church right now uh, you might say to me, hey man, I'm a Catholic, and the Catholic Church is absolutely against homosexuality. Well, they used to be, and they kind of are right now, but that is rapidly, rapidly changing. Uh, Pope Francis created, um, uh, an inner circle of his cardinals, and these people are his Advisors. These people are the people that he bounces ideas off of. And he calls it his C9, Council of Cardinals, because obviously there are nine cardinals on the council. Well, this guy, this Jesuit that he appointed, Jean Claude Hollerich, um, he said this about the standard Catholic teaching on homosexuality. Hollerick says, I believe that the sociological and scientific foundation of the Roman Catholic teaching against homosexuality is no longer correct. Now, this is the man that Pope Francis has intentionally promoted and placed on his inner circle council of Cardinals. So when you look at these things that are taking place, the Oscars and the Grammys, they're not causing this. Hollywood is not making this happen. It is a mirror to show you what's happening. And of course, from our perspective, if you've been coming to Now the End Begins for any length of time at all, you know that we attribute all of this to the rising spirit of antichrist and that is in my opinion that is the one thing that explains all of this on every level a complete and total breakdown um, of our global society and that's what we see happening and these things are happening day and night. They don't stop. They don't end. And I'll be honest with you. When we started this countdown, I don't know when we did it, maybe <clears throat> maybe two months after after it started, three months after the 15 days to flatten the curve um, things started, and we started keeping a countdown, I kind of did it a little bit from a tongue-in-cheek perspective i thought it was funny i thought it was interesting um i thought it was humorous but over time it got less and less funny over time it got less and less humorous and then it became very very clear to me that all these events that were taking place and we talked about this two and a half years ago Remember when we told you that the day would come when there would be no more forced vaccinations, there would be no more lockdowns, but the people behind these things would continue to do what they do, and we talked about that as far back as two and a half years ago, and it became clear to me over time that it it was important to keep the countdown going to remind everybody that all these events are connected. They are all strung together. Um, Turn to Matthew chapter 24. Turn to Matthew chapter 24. And let's start reading in in verse 3. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Number one sign. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you,
9: They call it part of the fourth industrial revolution. One of the features of this
0: fourth industrial revolution is that it doesn't change what we are doing, but it changes us.
13: The very idea of human being some sort of natural concept is really going to change. Up until now, the conversation we've been having is around freedom of speech. Once we can access people's thoughts and access people's emotions.
8: The focus, as all of
11: you know, today is on what's now called the Internet of Bodies, involving medical implants and other kinds of devices that go inside your body and all
14: together with the Internet as a whole, comprise the Internet of Bodies.
7: The Internet of Bodies, or IOB, is um, is actually an ecosystem. It's a bunch of devices that are connected to the Internet that contain software and that either collect personal health data about you, or can alter the body's function. We think of the internet of bodies as this collection of all these devices, as well as all the data that the devices are gathering about you. And in healthcare, it's internet of bodies has has been around for quite a while.
14: So the internet of bodies, um, imagine the power of AI. What is artificial intelligence? It's a way to automate computation and cognition. So we can now automate learning, perceiving, uh, doing computation. It's a pervasive general-purpose technology that will be used in all of our industries that will come into our professional networks, our private networks, our schools, our industries and our offices. What I wanted to epitomize with the Internet of Bodies is this notion that we will be under assessment, we will be under measure of computation in every aspect of our lives in the future from what you eat, who you date, what you buy on the internet um, how much energy you use, but also What are your vital signs? How well are you doing in terms of health? Uh, What kind of specific genetic quirks do you have? What's your genome telling about your health, about your mental health, Mm -hmm. about how well you are doing, how well you are aging? What kind of disease you are susceptible
8: to? It has a bit of an Orwellian twinge to it. Well...
3: (laughs) So Jesus says in Matthew 24 that the first sign... The very first sign. And I want you to remember one thing. Sometimes I'll talk about the end time signs and people will say to me, well, if we're not going to be here for the time of Jacob's trouble and the great tribulation, then what do we care about those signs? Well, the reason why that we care about those signs, even though that we're not going to be here, is because the rapture has to take place before the start of the time of Jacob's trouble. So, indirectly, those signs are absolutely for us living in the church age. Because the closer that that gets, the closer that the rapture gets. So, we can have complete and total freedom and liberty to take signs of the times of Jacob's trouble and apply it to us because the rapture has to happen before those things take place. Um, so uh, that's why we spend a lot of time, as much time as we do, looking at those signs and looking at all those things. Now, today we're celebrating three years and I say celebrating with, with air quotes. Um, it's not a happy occasion. But today we're observing uh, three years of 15 days to flatten the curve. Today is day 1092. I want you to think about the last three years like a farmer who is planting a crop. If you know anything at all about farming you know that the very first thing that has to take place is that the field has to be broken up and prepared. And 2020 was the year that the New World Order stepped up to the plate and began to prepare the field. That's what the year 2020 was all about. And the lockdowns and the, and the fear and the scare and, and all that stuff. 2020 was the preparing of the fields 2021 was the planting of the seeds 2022 was the watering of those plants as they come up and 2023 is harvest time so that's if you look at all these things Veronica is asking, what is the meaning of the term 23 skidoo? It means to be removed by force, which is exactly what the word that we have um, rapturos in the Latin, harpazo in the Greek. The term rapture means to be taken by force and uh, turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. So the term 23 skidoo means being removed from a situation by force. And that's exactly what the word rapture is. Um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verses uh, uh, 16 through 18. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Paul says, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. You know what happens when the rapture takes place? You might be a doctor, a Saved doctor who is performing open heart surgery, and you have the scalpel in your hand. And just as you're making your very first incision in the surgery that you're performing, Jesus Christ steps in, and you have the rapture of the church. That doctor, while he is or she, while that doctor is performing surgery, that born-again doctor is taken up into the clouds. There's no advance notice. There's no... I mean, look, maybe we'll get to hear something. Uh, Pastor Tillis, and we've never gotten together yet to have this talk that we want to have about the pre-trib rapture, about there being a um, some kind of a time element. Um, But suffice to say... At the moment when we are taken up into the clouds, it's going to happen immediately. And whatever you're doing, when that moment takes place, you're going to be whisked up and away into the clouds. Um, And so that's what the word rapture means. And when we say 23 skidoo, uh, we are not calling the rapture for this year. But I'll tell you something, we have the camp meeting in May, in the end of May, because that, um, from everything that you can get from the Bible as to a possible timeline, um, Second Song of Solomon chapter 2 shows you that um, it is likely, highly likely, that the rapture of the church will take place in the springtime. We're not looking forward to the fall feasts. Those all have to do with the nation of Israel. Those all have to do with the second advent. We want to look forward to the things that take place in the springtime, the day of Pentecost and first fruits and all those things. Um, Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verses 10 through 13. My beloved spake and said unto me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth, the time of the singing of birds is come, and the voice of the turtle is heard in our land. This is springtime. The fig tree putteth forth her green figs, and the vines with the tender grape give a good smell. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. Um, So, if you read the Bible and you believe what you read, it is highly likely that the rapture is going to take place in whatever year in the springtime. And uh, we get that from the Old Testament. We get that from the New Testament. Um, So, if you look back on the last three years, 2020 was breaking up the ground and preparing the soil. 2021 was the planting of the seeds, which just coincidentally had to do with the injecting of 6 billion people with the mRNA COVID gene editing uh, substances. And then 2022 was the watering of those seeds and the raising of the plants so what might we expect to see we are three months into 2023 what might we expect to see at the end of the third year of 15 days to flatten the curve i'm glad you asked what if it could be different
15: What if we could create a new normal where we reclaim our time, our health and well-being?
13: Food, medicine, education and leisure, all within a 15-minute walk or cycle. The idea of 15-minute cities has spread to Paris, Melbourne and South Korea, attracted by the promise of lower car use and a better quality of life. But it's also become the focus of conspiracies that travel outside these neighbourhoods would be restricted, a sort of climate lockdown.
8: But thanks to COVID and COVID lockdowns, the truth was revealed that we're all apparently clamoring for these 15 minute cities. Creepy local authority bureaucrats would like to see your entire
10: existence boiled down to the duration of a quarter of an hour. You in
11: your area will only be allowed within that 15-minute zone that you've been allocated.
13: Echoes of that language have recently been heard in the House of Commons.
5: Will the leader please set aside some time in this House for a debate on the international socialist concept of so-called 15-minute cities and 20-minute neighbourhoods?
13: Disinformation researchers say this all started with the pandemic. So the idea of climate lockdown first appeared in March 2020, when news of the lockdowns in Wuhan as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic first broke into international news. And the terminology came from a set of accounts in the US who were linked to a fossil fuel think tank called the Heartland Institute. Really, it was a reframing of very old vocabulary that imagines this future of so-called climate tyranny or green tyranny where individual civil liberties are stripped away under the pretext of solving climate change. At the time it gained almost no traction but months later a number of mainstream institutions used the efforts to tackle the pandemic as an example of the scale of what would be needed to fight climate change. As soon as that happened, it really turbocharged this very divisive and polarizing rhetoric that pitted average people against these perceived
2: elites. It is about control. It is about surveillance.
13: Fifteen-minute cities have been drawn into this narrative of insidious control.
3: So there you have, um, this is from the BBC Nightly News, and um, they're doing their best to make you think that... uh, there's nothing wrong with 15-minute cities in 20-minute neighborhoods. Um, that all has to do with something called the United Nations Agenda 2030. And um, that is what all of this stuff has been working towards and pushing towards. Um, and and uh, the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab and the United Nations, the New World Order, Uh, That's what started 1092 days ago was the move by the new world order to step in and begin to force the change that they demand take place. And so in 2020, the ground was broken up and prepared. In 2021, the seeds were planted. In 2022, the plants began to sprout and they were watered. And now in 2023, it is harvest time. And, uh, this is what we see taking place. And, um, uh, we told you the truth years ago. We told you not to focus on the lockdowns because The day would come when the lockdowns would stop, not to focus on the vaccinations, because that wasn't going to last forever. But what would last forever? And so far, I mean, um, what we told you was, was going to take place has aged very, very well. And here we are, 1,092 days later, and everything that we told you was going to take place, is taking place, has taken place, and will continue to take place. Ten years before the World Trade Centers were intentionally brought down by a directed energy weapon under the authority of then-President George W. Bush, Ten years to the day before that happened, his father, George H.W. Bush, stood in front of Congress and said this.
10: This is an historic moment. We have in this past year made great progress in ending the long era of conflict and Cold War. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders
3: now if you want to see what that new world order looks like all you have to do is turn on the nightly news and they'll be very happy to tell you
7: when elias brodberger goes to work he doesn't need id and he doesn't need money in fact much of what he needs to get through the day <laughs> is hidden right there just below the surface in his hand you like to touch it? Yeah. yeah? Oh, weird. Yeah, it's yeah. like a grain of rice. Yeah, a grain of rice. Embedded in his hand is a microchip that serves as his keys, his ID, and his wallet.
15: Yeah, it's all in chips. So I use it like to get around the building.
7: Buy snacks. Yeah, exactly. Let's buy some snacks. Exactly. So I can't open it?
11: No. Okay. So what I need to do is I need to first blip my chip and it will log me in. Mm-hmm. And from there, I get access to the fridge.
7: Popular TV shows like Black Mirror have imagined chips as part of a dystopian future.
6: In-store ingrained procedure with local anesthetic and you're good to go.
7: In Sweden, the microchips are already here. The microchip implants use the same technology that's in contactless credit cards. Which have made cash pretty much obsolete in Sweden. No cash. At this tech fair, a chipping event for those on the cutting edge merging their hands with this new technology. I thought it would be fun, right? The process is simple and swift. A pinch of the skin, and in a matter of seconds, the chip is inserted. The transformation is complete. As for the pain...
2: I barely felt it.
7: But even in this nation of early adopters, not everyone is racing to get chipped
14: feel less human i will feel like a robot i think i mean it's so much more data can go into this you know when it's in your body
7: there's no central registry tracking how many people are chipped but biohacker hannes wellblood estimates between five and ten thousand in the future do you think everyone is going to be chipped
3: i think it'll be voluntary but i am certainly convinced that millions of people will find it very very valuable to have a smart device under their skin
7: human microchipping may be our future but in Sweden it's already reality
3: so there you have and that was just a report from uh NBC nightly news from a couple of years ago i played that clip multiple times over the years um but this is where everything is headed this is where everything is going so Here we are at the three-year anniversary of 15 days to slow the spread, stop the spread, flatten the curve. And um, this has gone on for 1,092 days. And um, things have not stopped. They have not slowed down. There has not been a pause. Whatever happened to monkeypox? Remember that?
7: For President Biden, the surprise of this first trip to Asia is not the work to build diplomatic alliances and economic ties, not the visit to thank
2: U.S. troops. First of all, I want to say thank you.
7: The unexpected is that another health threat, growing cases of monkeypox, demands his attention.
6: Here we come, walking down the street, we get the funniest looks from Everyone we meet hey, hey, with the monkeys and people say we monkey
4: around,
6: but we're too busy singing to put anybody down.
4: And so I'm hoping in five years I can write a book called, you know, We Are Ready for the Next Pandemic. But it'll take tens of billions in R and D, uh, that the US and the UK will be part of that. It'll take probably about a billion a year for a pandemic task force at the WHO level, which is doing the surveillance and actually doing what I call germ games, where you practice. You say, okay, what if uh, a bioterrorist brought smallpox to 10 airports, you know?
6: We go we want to, do what we like to do. We don't time to get restless. There's always something new. Hey, hey People say we monkey around, but we're too busy singing to put anybody down. We're just trying to be friendly, come and watch us sing and play. with are the young generation, and we've got something to
4: say. Is there something to worry about with medicines? That is, might some of them have side effects? Do we need safety testing? I mean, we're taking... Things that are, you know, genetically modified organisms and we're injecting them in the little kids arms. We just shoot them right into the vein. Oh.
6: Any time or anywhere. Just look over your shoulder. Guess we'll be standing there. Hey, hey with the monkeys. The people say we monkey around. but We're too busy singing. PUT
15: ANYBODY DOWN Here we need a vast military-style campaign to marshal the strength Mm -hmm. of the global private sector (laughs) With trillions at its disposal Yep Far beyond global GDP, and with the greatest respect, beyond even the governments of the world's leaders It offers the only real prospect of achieving fundamental economic transition
6: Monkeys and people say we're monkeying around, we're too busy singing put anybody down. We're just trying to be friendly, come and watch, sing, and play. We're the young generation, and we've got something to say.
4: I mean, and we're taking. Things that are, you know, genetically modified organisms. And we're injecting them in little kids' arms. We just shoot them right into the vein. And the time to act is now.
3: So there's a little bit of a mashup remix to kind of uh, take you down memory lane. Um, I hope it brought a smile to your face. But remember, all this stuff that's going on. All the stuff that we talk about on the podcast and the Bible studies, all the thousands of articles that we write and we publish that are read in over 140 different countries around the world, um, these events are deadly serious. Habakkuk said you would see these things take place and you would not believe your eyes. And here in 2023, that's exactly what we see going on. That's exactly what we see taking place. We see a church that is lukewarm and sound asleep. False doctrine from false teachers is being promoted all day, every day. The New World Order, the One World Religion, they're all in... They're all in place. They're all ready to go. The Abrahamic family house opened up last month. These things are huge on the end times timeline. Remember what Ronald Reagan said about the government? I think you all know that I've always felt the nine most terrifying words
0: in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help.
3: And, uh, That's exactly right, and that's exactly true. And uh, we are living in a day and age where you need to know what the Bible says, and you need to know it for yourself. And that's the only way that you're going to be prepared for all these things. Uh, If you think about over the last 1,092 days, all the people that we know personally that have died from covid that have died from the vaccines that have been severely and in some cases permanently handicapped and incapacitated um, from the side effects of 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 these uh mrna uh, uh shots and uh so we have a little bit of fun with this and we you know we laugh and we joke a little bit But let me tell you something, this stuff is deadly, deadly serious. And everything that we've been telling you for the past 1,092 days, it's come true or it's in the process of coming true. You know, we've been warning you and telling you and, um... We are living in the very last days before the pre tribulation rapture of the church. It is time to get serious about your faith. It is time to get serious about witnessing for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, because soon and very soon, we are going to hear come up hither, and we're going to be out of here. And. If you didn't get a chance to listen to the Sunday service yesterday, got a lot of really good feedback about that. Um, people said it gave them a lot of clarity. It gave, it, it gave them a lot of motivation to get out there and get something done for the Lord Jesus Christ while we still have time to do it. Thank you for tuning in today and for being part of the NTEB Global Family um, of Bible Believers across America and around the world. Lord willing, we'll see you back here Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, for another edition of our Rightly Dividing King James Bible Study. Have a great week, everybody. And remember, the war is real, the battle is hot, and the time is short. To the fight!
15: As I was thinking of unseen things above, my Savior came unto me and filled my heart with love.